had no idea what the choir would be singing tonight. They had no idea what I would be preaching tonight. But the Lord has confirmed his word with me tonight, and hopefully by the time I am done, it will be confirmed with you tonight. Amen. Why don't we just lift up our hands toward heaven right now and invite the Lord to speak whatever he has into our spirit tonight. We receive from you tonight, God. We receive from you tonight, God, whatever you want to speak into our hearts and minds and lives tonight, God. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Speak to us tonight, God. Speak to us tonight, God. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for your worship. Thank you to the choir for singing tonight. I should have left you standing. The choir are all coming in and... I made it very difficult. I apologize for doing so. I wasn't paying close attention to the congregation tonight. I apologize for that. We welcome all of our guests that are with us tonight and hope the Lord speaks to your heart tonight. I intend to speak to the entire congregation tonight. I I hope that... No one is left feeling as if the word of the Lord did not speak to them. And I believe that God wants to do just that. I believe he wants to speak to every one of us tonight. In my prayer today, I I prayed and asked the Lord, God, first off, I want you to confirm your word with me. He just did that in this last song. And... I prayed and asked the Lord today, God, I I don't know everything in everybody's heart and life and mind and spirit, but you know because you know all things. And God, I ask you if you would speak to every life and every heart and every situation. And I felt a confirmation in my spirit in prayer this evening. And I don't don't want to get in the way of what God wants to do tonight. I, I want to be in the flow of what the Lord wants to do in the house tonight. Every service has a certain different feel, and you never know what God has for every service at any moment, at any point. Sometimes my boys may ask me, Dad, what are you preaching, and how is it going to end? And a lot of times I have no earthly idea because I don't know what God is going to do. But I want to be subject to the Holy Ghost tonight. I want to walk in the Spirit tonight. I want the Lord to have His way. 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I will begin reading with verse number 45. And I will read down through verse 49. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. Say amen if you're there. <clears throat> then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day 
Will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand? And I will smite thee. And take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hastened and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth and he fell upon his face to the earth. By the help of the Lord tonight, and with your help, I want to preach for a little while tonight. Giants do fall. Giants do fall. Now, Lord, I need your help tonight. I, I have the confirmation I asked for tonight. Now, I need the unction of the Holy Ghost to speak Lord, the things that I cannot speak tonight, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost speak through me tonight, and God, that you quicken our hearts and minds to receive the word of the Lord. I pray tonight that every stronghold comes down. I pray tonight, Lord, that every dominion and power that is tormenting people in this congregation be broken and come down in the name of the Lord. Have your way tonight, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I feel like perhaps the devil has been telling some of you that you will never overcome the giant in your life. Perhaps some of you have given up the fight. You said, oh, well, this is just the way it's going to be. Oh, well, this is just the way I am. Perhaps you've given up the faith to believe that giants still fall. But I came tonight to remind you and to serve the devil notice tonight that every stronghold must come down. And that no matter how big or how small giants do fall. 
you may feel like you're no match for your giant. But I want to tell you tonight that there is no giant that is a match for a child of God that knows the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. You feel like you're no match for the giant that you deal with day in and day out. May I remind you tonight that David was not much of a match for Goliath. David was not a warrior. He, he was a shepherd. Uh, he, he was a shepherd among men of war. David, David was, he was out of place. This, this was no common battle. They they were fighting men to men like gladiators they were fighting. His, his brothers were trained. It, it was gladiator-style warfare. It was, it was man to man. It was, it was a giant of a man that was coming out defying the armies of the living God. They were asking, send me a man, and it would be man to man. If anyone can possibly kill Goliath, then uh, they could be the victor of the entire battle. But uh, otherwise, we will fight man to man. And, and, and his brothers, of course, must have been Trained in this gladiator-style warfare. Uh, it was common in that day, but David wasn't a trained fighter. He, he didn't know much about warfare. He, he was no match for a common man, much less a giant of a man, a renowned giant, a, a man that was known to, to, uh, to, to, to kill and to destroy he he had not been beaten beaten for gladiators who were beaten would would die uh, he he had never been beaten he was truly undefeated and at this moment he perhaps felt like he was even more powerful than he was maybe 9 feet tall perhaps feeling like he was 10 feet tall he had never been defeated there was nobody that Israel had that would come out and and would even dare to come uh, onto the battlefield, they would perhaps run and hide and 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 they would talk about the the size of the giant as a matter of fact, the scripture talks about the size of 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 his spear and the size of his sword and the weight of his armor and 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 it goes on to why would anybody know except it had struck fear in their heart doubtful they had actually even measured this it was more folklore it was rumor of how bad this giant really is, how tough this giant really is. And, and they would talk about, look at his armor. You and, and perhaps they would joke with one another that, ah, you're not strong enough to even carry his armor. You're, you're not man enough to, to even throw his spear. His spear was so heavy, yet here comes David, who, who wasn't trained to even fight a common man. David was, was not a fighter at all. David was a trained musician. David was a saw, excuse me, a psalmist. David was a praiser, a songwriter, a musician. David was certainly not a man trained for war. David didn't even belong in the battle that he was in. I know this seems real elementary to some of you tonight. You're thinking pastor was struggling this week and he came with a Sunday school lesson. 
But it's okay. Before we're done tonight, I hope you say, Pastor, heard from the Lord because I believe God has given me a word to speak into your spirit and life tonight because there are some giants that some of you have been dealing with that I want to speak about tonight. And the Lord is going to reveal what some of those giants are. And before we leave here tonight, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in the house. Before we leave here tonight, we're going to have a move of God in this room. And there are some people that are going to defeat the giant that has been tormenting you and been pulling you down and been speaking negativity to you. It's going to come down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because God has sent me to this pulpit tonight to not play church and not pat a cake and preach a simple message. But I come tonight with a word from the Lord that I speak into somebody's spirit. That stronghold is going to come down. That giant that seems undefeatable in your life is going to come down in the name of Jesus because I've got a word for you tonight. Giants do fall. David, David didn't belong there. He, David was out of his element on a battlefield. He, he, God had marked David for great greatness. He, he's out of his element out here, and God had marked him for greatness. He stood out among his brothers. He was the youngest child. He was never trained for battle. God had a plan for him that was quite different. David was a, a child that was marked for destiny. He, he, he knew that he was more than just an errand boy and he knew that he was more than just a shepherd. I'm speaking to somebody tonight that you know that your destiny is greater than what you are partaking of and participating in right now. This is just a season of your life but you're never going to find your destiny until you find your giant and you're never going to conquer the giant until you deal with some things before you ever get to the giant. He knew that he, he didn't belong there. David knew that there was a king inside of him, but he, he had to endure the process, you see, to get to his promise. There is the problem. So many of us don't want to go through the process. We just want to get to the promise. We just want to get the answer. We don't want to go through the hardship and the struggle that's going to lead us to our answer. We, we just want to get to the kingship. We don't want to get uh, into the shepherd field. We don't want to deal with lions and bears and we don't want to deal with uh, any struggles and problems. We just want to get to the kingship. Don't, Don't miss the things that God is leading you to and leading you through because God has those things for you because everything that you go through is setting you up for where you are going to. But if you don't go through it, you're never going to get to it because if you don't go through it, you're not going to be prepared to deal with it when you get there. It's not success. Nothing wrong with success. Success is a wonderful thing, but I want to tell you tonight that if you get to quick success, most likely you will be brought down. You will fall. The only way you're going to get to success and retain and stay at success is you're going to have to go through the process that God has planned to get you there. You you cannot bypass the process because things lead to things. The struggle leads to the triumph. 
up. The process leads to the promise. Don't ignore the process uh, or you can be alienated. You can alienate yourself from the promise by trying to avoid the process. Now, David was anointed king, but he couldn't let that get in his head. The reason a lot of folks struggle when they are highly anointed is that they can't deal with the attention that the anointing places on them. He was anointed, but David couldn't let the anointing get in his head. It had to get in his heart, but it had to stay out of his head. There was a process that he had to go through before he was ever going to get to a palace and get to a crown. And the process, many of us would say no to the process and only want the crown and the palace. Watch this. If David wouldn't have been willing to deliver lunches, he would have never fulfilled his destiny. There are a lot of people who never reach their full potential because they refuse to humble themselves to deliver lunch. I'm talking to some people that may be about to abort your destiny because somebody got in your head. Because you were anointed and you listened. And you let compliments get in your head that is going to keep you from going through the process. You're never going to be able to be in a palace if you're not willing to go through the process of the wilderness. You're never going to be able to conquer the giant if you first don't conquer a lion and a bear. We all want to avoid the struggles. We all want to avoid the process. But I have learned to welcome the process because I know the greater the struggle in the process, the greater the reward of the promise. We need to get comfortable doing less than we think we are because we're in a season of preparation. And if we don't pass this test, we'll never be able to reach our destiny. Don't complain about your underpaid position. Not if it's leading to something. If it's a dead-end street and not leading you anywhere, get out of it. But if it's leading you somewhere, you better stay with it. Because the process has got a promise at the end of it. The process is preparing you for what God has in your future. You will never find your promise with a bad attitude over your process. That's why the scripture says, serve the Lord with gladness. 
Because when you're serving, if you don't do it with gladness, you're never going to get beyond just serving. If you're ever going to get to your destiny, you better serve with gladness. You better serve with a smile on your face. You better fall in line and work with everybody else. It isn't because you're going to get accolades from somebody. It's because God has a plan and he has a process. If you don't get your way, serve the Lord with gladness. If things go bad, serve the Lord with gladness. If you don't get the solo, serve the Lord with gladness. If nobody recognizes you, serve the Lord with gladness. If somebody gets mad at you, serve the Lord with gladness. If everybody else falls out, serve the Lord with gladness. Don't let anybody or anything get in the way of where you're going to. You can't stand sometimes. You can't even allow your brothers around you to affect you. You got to know there's a king inside me. I got to get to where I'm going. Because if I listen to them... God formed you, and he's forming your future with a process. But just because you were born into a circumstance doesn't mean you're going to stay in your circumstance. There is enough preaching and teaching that comes across this pulpit to speak direction into your life that if you would just be faithful to the house of God and do what is preached from across this pulpit, it will bring some of you out of your mediocre life. I'm not bragging on my preaching because I have a lot of guests in here. As a matter of fact, I've had more guests than I have me in this pulpit the last few weeks because I needed preach too. But I came here tonight to tell somebody that God is putting you through a process. Don't give up on the process. There's a promise at the end of the process. There is a reward at the end of the test. He formed you, and he's forming your future. You know why I believe in the church? Because he's not done with the church. He told Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. It's not built yet. The church is imperfect, that's right, because he's still working on it. Because when it gets perfect, you better hope that you're in and part of the perfect crew. Because when the trumpet sounds, it's the church that's going to get out of here. He isn't waiting around on you to get perfect. You better get in the church and let the perfection begin to work in your life. Because when the trumpet sounds, there's no other way out of this place. Now, you got to be wise enough and smart enough to know who you are fighting And why you are fighting. You may be fighting a a, a bear over a lamb. But you better know why you're fighting. Because you're no match for a bear. 
without the help of the Lord. Watch this. The lamb, I, I received some revelation. I preached this to my wife the other night. She wasn't impressed either. The lamb wasn't worth risking his life over. Now stop all your typology because you're thinking, oh, just the, just the type of Christ in the church. Maybe it is. I don't know. But a shepherd on a, on, on, on a shepherd's field and a bear comes out, if I'm the shepherd, see you, sheep. My life's more valuable than yours. Matter of fact, a, a lamb is not really all that valuable. It's certainly not worth risking your life over if there's not more at stake than a lamb. I hope you got what I just said. For those of you that aren't deep listeners, you just missed what I just said. The lamb isn't worth fighting for unless there's more at stake than just the lamb. Especially when it wasn't even David's lamb. But God chose David to fight another man's bear for another man's lamb and be found faithful and victorious. I'm about to jump over this pulpit right now because until you can be found faithful, Fighting another man's bear for another man's lamb. Don't worry, you're never going to get to the giant. But when you get strong enough that you can fight another man's bear for another man's lamb and not ask for anything in return, you are preparing yourself for a giant. If you're wondering where you're going, the clue is in where you've been. Because if you haven't been through anything, no, you're not helping me. If you haven't fought much, you aren't prepared for much. But if you've had to fight your way up and fight your way through, I thank God sometimes. I remember when I used to get frustrated when my dad didn't open a door for me, when my dad didn't pick up a phone, when my dad didn't call anybody. He made me make it on my own. It frustrated me sometimes. I didn't understand it. I thank God. For every struggle that I've been through. Because without some of the struggle, I wouldn't be where I am tonight. And if you haven't fought much, you aren't prepared for much. But I am preaching to some people tonight that you have been through it. You feel like you've been through your share, your neighbor's share, and a several other people's share, and some of that may be true. 
Because you may be fighting a bear for a lamb that doesn't even belong to you. The sad truth is that some of you are not even fighting battles that belong to you. You're fighting your father's The struggle in your life, you didn't bring on yourself. It, your mama brought that in your life. Your grandpa didn't deal with it. And your daddy didn't deal with it. And so you're having to deal with it. But I want to give you a word from the Lord tonight. And I stand in this pulpit with as much confidence as I have ever stood in this pulpit and tell you that you do not have to walk out of this house tonight with that same giant looming over you. Giants still fall. And it can fall tonight in this house. You don't have to leave here worrying over it, fretting over it, struggling over it, standing awake at night over it. You can conquer it tonight. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Give me a few minutes if you would. You have to fight battles that are greater than you to win victories that are greater than you. Because if you haven't fought a battle that's too great for you, then you feel like you deserve the victory. And that's where you get lifted up in yourself and you get proud. You feel like it was your education that got you there. You feel like it was your last name that got you there. You feel like it was your money that got you there. You feel like it was your good looks that got you there. But it was the grace of God that got you there. The battle is too great for you, but you better know that you've got a name. And at the name of Jesus, giants still fall. David didn't belong there. He... he David interacted with people who were so far beyond him. They were men of war. He was out of his league. They were gladiators and he's a shepherd. He was in over his head. But they were afraid of their opponent. But David, with no credentials... And no experience saw it from a different perspective. Let me tell you why that I believe that the prayer of our children and young people sometimes is required. And miracles happen. And things happen in their life. I'm going to tell you why. Because they haven't had the experiences that some of us have had. And so they see from a different perspective. We wonder if God will. They're wondering when God will. David saw from a different perspective. They saw Goliath. As an impossibility. But David saw Goliath. 
as an opportunity. Your perspective has everything to do with the outcome of your battle. Your attitude toward a move of God speaks loudly. I'm going to pester for a minute, can I? I know we get crowded in here. We're going to a bigger building. We're going to get there. I know it's crowded, and I know sometimes it's difficult. But at the close of a service, when a preacher preaches, here's why I think everybody in the house ought to respond. Nobody ought to sit in a pew. Nobody ought to sit back. Here's why. Your response or lack of response speaks of your attitude toward what you just heard. I'm looking at the walls. That's why every time there's an altar call, it ought to not be, come on, some, somebody please, can we get eight or ten people to come up here so this doesn't look like a complete failed message? Your attitude, some of you are fighting battles that are bigger than you are. I could come tap you on the shoulder and call your name tonight. I would never do that because I'm more of a gentleman to do that than than to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. Your attitude toward a preached word, the preached word of God, when I preach a word like tonight... Your attitude toward it, what you do with it, how you respond to it says everything about what's going to happen. I can speak the outcome for some of you before I ever get to the close tonight because so far you've just checked this whole thing out. It's just another fancy sermon that the preacher spent a couple of weeks preparing. But I come tonight to tell you in the Holy Ghost that if you will respond to what God is speaking tonight in this house, you can leave here delivered from the giant that you have been battling for years. Oh, come on all over the building. Throw your hands in the air and cry out to the Lord right now. The name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me preach. You will never kill a giant if you are arrested by fear. They had protective clothing, gear, weapons, and they're hiding. They had training and they're hiding. David didn't have any gear, any protective clothing, any weapons, or any experience. But David had courage. And if you don't have courage, I wish I'd have got a little stronger amen. Because in these last days, weak, Fearful, 
wishy-washy. Christians are not going to stand. It's going to take people with courage to stand up and look the devil in the eye and say, not my family you want, not my children you want, not my youth group you want, not my best friend you want, not my pastor you want, not my grandpa you want. Somebody's going to have to have the courage to stand up, look the devil in the face, and speak a word of faith. You can't win a battle laying down. You got to get up and fight. Your past is connected to your future. David, doubtfully that David knew that the struggle with the lion and the bear was preparing him for his destiny. It just looked like a battle with a lion and a bear. Probably no clue that this is all lining up for the battle that I'm going to have for my destiny. I can predict some of your future and I'm not a fortune teller. Because every time that I hear you speak, you're whining about how bad things are in your life. If you're going to defeat a giant, you've got to stop whining. We all have struggles. We all have hardships. We all have aches and pains. Some of you need to go home tonight and write a thank you card to every person that's caused you grief. Because they prepared you for the battle that you're up against right now. And you think that you're not prepared for it. But the reason that I can confidently say no weapon formed against us shall prosper is because God has brought you this far through everything that you thought was going to kill you. And the next thing is not going to kill you. And the giant you're dealing with today is not going to kill you because he's prepared you for the battle. You are prepared for the battle. You are prepared for the battle. Get up and quit whining. Face the giant. Shout I'm prepared. Come on, shout it like you mean it. I'm prepared. You can't be bitter about your past. Scripture didn't say a thing. I don't have a clue. But a man tackles a bear and a lion with bare hands, I doubt he came out scratch free. I don't know if they had stitches back in those days, but he might have had a few. I don't know, I'm just saying. Because I've come through some things I thought was going to kill me. And I came out the other side pretty banged up. Pretty bruised up, pretty hurt. Oh, ain't nobody going to help me. 
If I let my hurt define me, I'd be up here whining to you because I know more about hurt than some of you could ever possibly dream. I was built on hurt. I've been hurt from the time I was a child. I've been hurt by people close to me, hurt by family members. I've been hurt by people. I've been hurt by the closest of my friends. I've been hurt in the church. I've been hurt out of the church. I've been hurt in business. I've been hurt by people I trusted. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. I've been hurt. But my hurt cannot define me. It's just preparing me because that didn't kill me and the giant's not going to kill me because I've got faith and courage and I'm going after him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ just because I've called some of you out tonight on your giants be in good company we all deal with giants The giant of anger. The giant of lying. The giant of poverty. The giant of immorality. The giant of insecurity. The giant of depression. The giant of unforgiveness. Do I need to go on? The giant of addiction. And addiction is more than alcohol, drugs, and nicotine. Because some of you are fighting porn addictions and know you think nobody knows about it, but God has singled you out. And some of you clapping your hands are battling the, the ugly demon of addiction to gambling. Some of you need to give your giant a name. Here's some perspective for you. We know that Goliath was a giant, but David never called him one. We know his name is Goliath. But David called him an uncircumcised Philistine. Some of you need to stop glorifying your past. I'm so tired of hearing people that are struggling talk about how bad they were and how rough they were and how much they drank and how many drugs they took. Forget all of that mess. I went to a meeting one night and I remember when God delivered me from every bit of that pastor. Did you mean you were on alcohol and drugs? No, I was seven years old, but he kept me from it. He delivered me from it when I was seven years old. I'm not going to glorify the devil for the mess I've been through. I'll glorify God for the things he brought me and kept me from. Oh, come on, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. I got to go, I got to go, I got to go, I got to wrap this thing up. The reward was not in fighting the giant. There's no reward in fighting. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, you're not going to get any pity. There's no reward in fighting. You're not going to get any pity and you're not going to get any payday. 
The only reward is in defeating. Goliath is not opposition. Goliath is opportunity. Now the payoff for defeating Goliath was marrying the king's daughter, a change of position. No more taxes for the rest of his life. Sounds not too bad. That means everything points toward prosperity. Woo. But catch this. David's entire family would be blessed by his victory. Because everything that David gets for defeating the giant, his family automatically get it just by being related to him. Now there's one thing you need to know is that you have to be faithful in fighting another man's Goliath before you'll ever receive your promise. Watch. David risked his life fighting a bear and a lion with his hands when it would have personally cost him not even a dime if the, if the lion and the bear would have taken the lamb. Because he had to fight a battle when it didn't even benefit him. But it affected his family. I'm going somewhere. Goliath wasn't David's battle. Goliath was Saul's battle. Saul wasn't even man enough to go fight him. He wanted to hire somebody to go fight him. To the point that I'll pay my, you can have my daughter if you'll beat that giant. Saul was paying big to the man that would defeat his giant. It wasn't David's Goliath. It was Saul's Goliath. But there was blessing and provision for winning. The truth is that the giant may not even be your giant. It might have been handed down to you for generations of family history. Mm, it's getting quiet and tight. The giant some of you are dealing with. Your dad dealt with it. And your grandpa dealt with it. And your great-grandpa dealt with it. And now you're facing it. And you haven't dealt with it either. But the benefit of defeating the giant is that your family will be blessed by you winning the victory. 
I ought to not have to preach any further if that doesn't speak to some people in this house. That addiction you've been dealing with, it may be something that was handed down to you, but it'll benefit your entire future, your children, your grandchildren, if you'll start dealing with it and kill the giant tonight. If you kill the giant tonight, your kids won't have to fight the giant tomorrow. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and stand. God's wanting to move in the house right now. God's wanting to move in the house right now.